still grid free, still 100%, not tied into the grid, no trenching, digging, cabling, rectifier, cabinets, permits, all of that. Simply set it down and walk away. You'll be able to charge upwards of 100 vehicles a day off of it. We're super excited to unveil that. And I think that will be a huge force multiplier. And when it comes to infrastructure deployment, when it comes to EV charging deployment, and when it comes to actually getting installations and getting infrastructure put out across the United States in a much quicker timeline. Welcome to the official podcast of the EV Report. Here, we take a deep dive into the world of electric vehicles, bringing you exclusive interviews and insights into the company shaping our future. Let's get started. Welcome, I'm Brian Hagman, and my guest today is Josh Aviv, founder and CEO of Spark Charge. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, man. I'm super excited to be here, super excited to, to be on the show. Yeah, for sure. So, no, I really do appreciate it. So, kick things off. Do you mind maybe sharing a brief overview of Spark Charge, who you are, what you do, that sort of thing? Absolutely. So at Spark Charge, we created the world's first mobile on-demand EV charging network where an electric vehicle owner or even a fleet EVs can have range delivered to them with the push of a button. So the same way that me and you might order food to our front door through Uber Eats or get a pizza delivered to our office, now an EV owner can actually charge their car the exact same way. They can download the Spark Charge mobile app, push a button, we show up and charge their car. And then for fleets, instead of charging one car, we offer turnkey on-demand mobile charging service, which means we show up every single day and charge all their cars. It could be 50 cars, 100 cars, 1,000 cars. We charge each one with our mobile charging service. Wow. So what, what year did you start this company? Founded the company back in 2017. We started the company. It was on the campus of Syracuse University. Really came from the idea that you know my laptop had a battery, my headphones had a battery, my phone had a battery, everything had a battery. And I was carrying it around to class. And really, the idea came from, well, why do we have to go find, sit, and wait at an EV charging station? Why can't the EV charging station come directly to us? And so around that model and around that thought, and we really started developing the world's first mobile charging uh, DC fast charger. How did you know how to start a company? You were what, How old were you when you started Spark Charge? I think I was like 20, 25, 26. How did you get started? Like, did you have to get investments? Do you have a technical background? Did you say, hey, I can try to solve this from an engineering perspective? Like, how did you get started? Yeah, so started the company. Really, the idea behind it was when we first started out, it was how do we charge? I think it was like a Chevy Volt. It was one of the few electric cars we could get our hands on. And really started researching lightweight batteries, energy efficient converters, right? And basically, how do we get the battery? How do we regulate the voltage um, and send it into the car? So a lot of sleepless nights experimenting, a lot of YouTube videos watched, uh, a lot of professors asked for basically insight and help into how we get this thing going. We built our first prototype. It was basically a bike battery hooked up to a military inverter. And then we were able to charge you know, a Chevy Volt with AC power for very, very, very small trickle of, of charge. But it was enough to prove the concept out. And that unit was in a, a, I think it was like a 3D printed box or something like that. So that was that was the beginning. That's great. So fast forward to today. Are you pre-revenue? Are you generating revenue? Are you in multiple cities? Tell me about, I guess, the current business. Absolutely. So we're generating revenue. We're actually growing and scaling. The business grew, I think, in Q2. We saw over 250% growth in our business, which was something we were super excited to see and something we've been able to maintain now as well. We're up and running in, I think, maybe seven markets. So we service you know, Boston, Massachusetts, Houston, Texas, Dallas, Texas, Austin, Texas, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, LA, everything from Malibu down to Anaheim, you name it. And we'll be opening up uh, maybe one or two more cities 
Series by the end of this year. So explain to me, let's talk about the concept itself. So walk me through maybe a little bit more detail, like how it works. Are you are you providing strictly a service? Is it also a product? Is it both? Like, and I guess kind of walk me through if you're someone in a parking lot in a shopping mall somewhere and I need to get some a boost to charge. Yeah, so it's really simple. If you're an EV owner, so an individual EV owner, you can basically download our mobile app. You can basically upload your information. So, hey, I drive a, a red Chevy Bolt. You know, here's license plate, blah, blah, blah. And then we can actually send range to you. So you say, hey, I'm here at this location. Push a button and the range gets sent directly directly to you. So when you say range, does that mean, you know, for example, hey, I need 50 miles to be able to get to to get home or to get to a place. I need 100 miles. Is that is that what you're saying as far as you just order the range? Yep. So you can select how much range or how much energy you want. So it could be 100 miles. It could be 50 miles, 75 miles, however much energy you want. And then that gets delivered directly to you. So what's been the feedback from the uh, from the end user, from the from the customer? Has there been any good, I guess, constructive feedback on how you guys are going to maybe try to evolve or improve? Or did you guys just nail it? I mean, is it just like, is it just been a hit right off the bat? So I think it was a hit right off the back. I think when you see people the first time they use the service or the first time they get range delivered, it's almost like that light bulb moment, right? It's it's like the first time you had an Amazon package show up to your house next day. You're like, oh, wow, like this is going to be awesome. And basically, once people experience the service, they love it, right? Because what it does, in theory, like you're opening up the door for basically them to you know really drive their car without the worry of running out of range, right? So you know the simplest description of that would be freedom, right? You're giving the EV owner the freedom to drive their car and enjoy their car and charge their car on their terms. And what we've seen is that, especially in on the West Coast, a lot of the infrastructure that's out here, there's simply just not enough of it, right? So a lot of EV owners, they never really have luck going to the first charging station that they need. It's usually the second, third, or fourth. Um, and when you can basically remove that and say, hey, I'll show up outside your house and charge your car in your driveway, that to them is like, oh, this is, this is amazing. So how do they pay for this? Is this a, is it all obviously app driven? Is it a subscription type of service where they could say, hey, I'm going to use this a lot? Or is it just pay per use? It's pay per use. So similar to how you would call an Uber or order food to your front door, it's simply pay per use. You mentioned fleets earlier too. So is your initial target the end user, the, the, the individual EV owner that's going to use the app? It sounds like there's also a fleet side to it as well. Absolutely. The fleet side has been growing extremely fast. Think about like the same problem that an EV owner might have on how do I keep one car charged? A fleet owner or a fleet manager, they basically have that same issue, that same problem, but it's how do I keep 100 cars charged every single day, right? And I need those cars charged up every single day reliably so that I can run my business. And so we opened up the platform to fleet owners and fleet users, and it's just grown at such a fast pace. We now service micro-mobility fleets from ride-sharing. We serve service, basically car rental fleets, autonomous vehicle fleets, mail fleets, delivery fleets, you name it, we service those fleets. And with them, it's more the benefit of having a turnkey service, right? So if you are a fleet owner and you have a fleet of 20 cars or so, in order for you to get infrastructure installed at that location, depending on where you're at in the country, it can take anywhere from call it 18 months all the way to as high as we've seen three to five years. With mobile charging, 
we can actually go to that fleet customer and say, we'll actually have your entire fleet serviced within seven days of signing on. And then we service them every single day uh, from there on. So no forgetting if a technician plugged in the vehicle, if the power in the grid goes down, no need to worry about whether or not you can still run or service your fleet. We basically give them access to a higher ROI and a quicker ROI simply because we're mobile and we show up every day. That was going to be one of my questions was the, from the fleet side is the infrastructure, if they, you know, especially if they made their new or whatever, say, hey, we're getting, we're going from the old ICE vehicles, the internal combustion, we're, we're transitioning to fleet. I'm going to buy the first 10 or 20 of these, but you know what? I don't, I don't necessarily want to commit to the infrastructure just yet, or it's going to, like you said, going to take forever. This sounds like a solution where they can have the charging with almost instantly once they have their, their fleet purchased and installed or whatever, right? Exactly. Basically, the day they get the car, they can actually put that car into circulation and start generating revenue as from a fleet perspective. They don't have to worry about waiting, you know, months or sometimes years to get infrastructure, you know, ready for that fleet. And so from what we've seen as well, statistically, we've been able to see that a fleet that signs on with us and they typically have five or 10 cars, we unlock the ability for them to go up to 50, 100, 250, 1000 cars because they're not having to wait on the infrastructure to get installed to service those vehicles. Basically, they can grow exponentially because we're going to be there to deliver the energy to sustain them. So in, in learning about your company, doing a little research, you know, what first came to my mind, like just imagining how this worked was more of really fast. You show up, you charge five minutes, you're gone, whatever. But what, realistically, like what's the length? Like, I guess it depends on how much charge they do need. What's the range they need? And is it more of like a level two or is this like ultra fast charging? Like what's the, what's the setup? Yeah, it's ultra fast charging. We exclusively do DC fast charging. We don't have level two charging. We DC fast charge. I think our charges right now are about 125 to 150 kW. So about as fast as a Tesla supercharger. Early next year, we'll do an upgrade, software update to those. And we'll push that to, I believe, about 350 kW. What's the average cost to the consumer if they if they use this for, I know it depends on the range, but say 50 to 100 miles of range. Like what's the equivalent cost? Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty affordable. And in most cases, it's actually less cost than going to a, a charging station during peak charge hours, it's only about $30 for a delivery. Oh, wow. What about reliability? Have you had any issues yet as far as maintenance internally, like maintaining the batteries on your within your team, within the, the whole structure of your business? Not so much. I mean, we manufacture all of our batteries and all of our chargers in upstate New York and Buffalo, New York. So basically, we control our manufacturing process. We control our QA process. Um, any repairs we can do in-house. I think that separates us from a lot of our customers. We can offer basically 99% uptime because basically we control our entire supply chain from the time it gets shipped out of the factory, to the time it lands in a market, to the time it services a vehicle. So it's not like we're waiting on a third party technician or a third-party company to fix something wrong with their system, we patent, design, build, manufacture, ship, and use our product. Let's talk about the market. Since 2017, when you initially started the company, you've grown. Obviously, the market's changed quite a bit since then. What, is there any observations on your part? Have you had to change your strategy with what you're doing or has it just more just, uh, I guess, sped up the success of your business? There hasn't been much change on the strategy side. I think the, the only thing that we've seen is just the rise in fleets, right? So, you know, when we set out, we said, well, we're going to go focus on consumers. Now, I would say we've, we've seen just the rise of fleets grow so fast. They're growing at just <laughs> an amazing rate. We've seen fleet customers that we've signed on start out with five cars and ramp up to 50 in less than 60 days. And then literally go from 60 to saying, hey, we want to have, you know, a thousand by end of year, right? And so I think that's been an amazing process to watch and to see us actually on be the 
the, the force factor that allows that to actually be unlocked for that fleet customer. But I'd say from when we started out to now, I think the rise of fleets and then the, obviously the more EV owners hopping in. And then probably the final thing would just be, I think when we first started out, no one could see how bad like infrastructure here in America for EV charging would get. It's progressively gotten worse. I'll give you a, a, an example. I'm here in San Francisco now working with a partner. I was renting an electric vehicle and I had to go to four different charging stations to find one that A, was actually working and that wasn't didn't have a line. Basically, it wasn't jam-packed. So I think we're starting to see like the crunch with infrastructure with the rise of more vehicles. So, What about competition? So I know that there are other, I guess, portable units that have been introduced to the market. I don't, I'm not sure if you're familiar with those. So what, what are some of the differences between what you offer and maybe some of the other portable units that are out there? The difference would be the, the ones that we offer are basically DC fast charge. So we're charging the car a lot quicker. The second thing would be the fact that we aren't using gas. <laughs> so a lot of those portable uh, chargers that you see out there, they're like trickle chargers. They use either like propane or gasoline. They're basically a, a fossil fuel burning generator thrown onto the back of a vehicle or a carriage or something like that. We try to keep everything 100% clean. We use electric vehicles in our fleet. We DC fast charge your car. So we actually charge it quicker than our competition. We're factually the fastest deep mobile DC fast charger on the planet. And so we're able to service customers in a lot more efficient way and a lot cleaner way. And I know your model is more of a service-based business currently. And it's, to me, it's genius. I mean, it sounds like such a great offering that you guys provide to the to the industry. But have you thought about offering your batteries, your, your charging batteries to the consumer? For example, if you know someone has the F1 uh, Lightning and they want to they have a couple of batteries in the back of their, their, their truck or whatever to just have to be able to, to charge themselves, is that a strategy you're going to go at some point? Or do you think really more the, the value you all bring is more of the, uh, the service end of it? From what we've experimented with and from how we've talked with EV owners and the amount of data we collected, it's easier for someone to take their phone out and push a button than it is for someone to carry something around, make sure it's charged, have to pay the price for it. It's much more economical. It's much more convenient. Everyone's got a phone. So you basically can open up access to more people. And so that's really our consumer offering is, you know, hey, with a push of a button, we'll show up and charge your car. What about, so let's fast forward 10 years from now. Let's just, you know, again, assume that the charging infrastructure in the U.S. is stronger, a little more mature than it is right now. There's much more charging on interstates in the cities, maybe in urban areas. Do you still think that there's going to be a really strong need for the portable charging in the, off in the future? Or do you think as a company, you're already maybe thinking about maybe a pivot down the road to finding out how else you can serve the market? Yeah, we'll have a product coming out October, maybe towards the end of this year, that what we consider will be like the smackdown on the grid tied infrastructure. It'll be the first DC fast charging product that's built for scale, right? And that's really all I can say about it. But effectively, without... No, you know, still grid free, still 100%, you know, not tied into the grid, no trenching, digging, cabling, rectifier, cabinets, permits, all of that. Simply set it down and walk away. But you'll be able to charge, you know, upwards of 100 vehicles a day off of it. We're super excited to unveil that. And I think that will be a huge force multiplier. And when it comes to infrastructure deployment, when it comes to EV charging deployment, and when it comes to actually getting installations and getting infrastructure put out across the United States in a much quicker timeline. Wow. Well, I can't wait to hear more about that whenever you're able to talk about it, for sure. As a founder and CEO of a company, just in general, kind of talking about the business. So what 
what's your biggest challenge or obstacle right now within your organization that you're having to address? It's a typical challenge of a growth stage, you know, company. We are, you know, constantly growing, constantly scaling, constantly hiring. We have a ton of demand, which is a huge blessing and an honor. We need to continue to, to grow and scale to meet that demand. Thinking about early on in the company as a founder, any milestones or events that you hit that you're just really proud of that maybe stick out? I remember like the first time we delivered over 100,000 kilowatt hours delivered, over 100,000 miles charged, right? With mobile energy, right? That's like a huge, 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 huge event for us was the fact that like we delivered, you know, over 100,000. I think we hit this a couple of years ago, but it just stuck out. 100,000 miles delivered mobily, range delivered. And if you think about it, some of the people that we delivered that range to, they wouldn't have been able to get access to, to that energy to service their vehicle. Um, had we not been there, right? So I felt like it was such an impactful moment to show like how we've grown, but also just how we've serviced the EV community. What about, uh, I guess, moving forward, expanding? You're already in several cities right now. Are you gonna obviously going to continue to focus on some of the larger cities with across the U.S.? Are you looking at maybe international at some point? What's your, I guess, your plans moving forward? Absolutely. So, you know, we're, we're going to be expanding into two more cities, possibly this year. We are looking at international expansion. We think there's a ton of opportunity to expand internationally and work with partners on an international level. So we are, we are definitely looking to continue to grow. What advice would you give somebody that's starting a company in this this type of space. Any lessons you've learned along the way that you'd like to maybe provide for someone maybe young in their career or someone looking to start a, a business? Yeah, I would say have patience, right? I think everybody wants to change the world, right? Changing the world takes time, right? It's not an, it's not an overnight success. I think we do a, a really good job in the in the media of painting entrepreneurs as like, you know, an overnight success and we just, you know, oh, it's just it just happened. That's not true. It really does take a really 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 good team to to kind of make to take that vision and bring it to reality. It takes patience, um it takes working together, and I think that would be the the biggest thing, you know, have patience in your idea idea and find great team, find great people. I love that. Great advice for sure. So before we wrap up today, for those listening who want to learn more about Spark Charge or the service, what's the best way for, for them to learn more about what you guys do? Yeah, yeah. feel free. Uh, our website, SparkCharge, www.sparkcharge.io. We have you know basically all the information up there. Um, feel free to reach out to us through our website. We respond extremely quick. Social media is another great way. Um, you can find us on all the major social media channels and we always respond relatively quick there as well. Well, Josh, it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed learning more about Spark Charge and what you guys are doing and the impact you're having in the uh, in the EV market. And wish you uh, wish you luck and continued success with with the company. Thank you so much, Brian. I appreciate it. Love the show. Thank you. It's an honor to be a guest on here. I'm Brian Hagman, founder of the EV Report, and I would like to thank today's guest along with all of you for tuning in. Don't forget to hit subscribe, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>